Check one, check two, this is it. Welcome to the Cannabis Coffee Hour. With your host, me, Rob Cantrell, back with another fabulous episode, amazing episode with two amazing guests, dope guests. (laughs) Some of the most creative people in Brooklyn, and they've been beyond cool to let us use the venue called Shape Shifter Lab. New music venue expanding out into the universe. I'm with one of the most renowned bassists in the world, Mr. Matt Garrison. Too kind, too kind, dear sir. Now, Matt has played with Herbie Hancock, he played with the SNL band, he also is. His father was a bassist that played with actually John Coltrane, very versed in music. And to my left is his business partner, his uh, friend from the get-go, which I love hearing about, uh, Fortuna Sung. Fortuna Sung is here. So Matt and Fortuna. How's it going, Rob? Thank you so much for having us on your show. Thank you. We're we're very excited to be here, man. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to see you both and feel the energy of the Shapeshifter Lab. Now, just to get a little bit, uh, Fortuna, you guys, you told me, like, did, when did you guys two first meet? Uh, in high school. That's what I was thinking, yeah. <laughs> so I think I was 13. I was in grade 9, ninth grade, mm-hmm. and then um, same grade, right? I was, uh, but I was too. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, no. Uh, you know, I, I had transitioned because we, we actually met in Italy yeah. and we yes. went to a, a school in Italy called St. Stephen's, which is sort of this over, overseas sort of, what is it, American system or British? I can't remember which one. It was like an international school, but uh, American but, system. So okay, American, yeah. But we did all the SATs, you know, all these, uh, I, I don't know, IT, but not IT, uh, IB, International Baccalaureate. So. Yeah. yeah. In Italy? Yeah, in Rome, in, in Rome, Rome, Italy. Yeah. And were you born in New York? Or I was born here, and and I, uh, I was here until about seven, and then at seven we moved. Well, we kind of went there for a three-month vacation, and then my mom is still there, so she we moved there in like 1977. I was born in '70, cool. and she's still there. <laughs> but I was there for about ten years uh, until about 17 years old, and then I split and came okay. back here and started. Doing your thing. Yeah. Doing yeah. your thing as a musician, and I totally get it. Your parents were musicians, and jazz was blowing up in, in Europe, and there was yep. gigs over there, and yep. that's how it works with being a comedian. I understand the work and the lifestyle. Mm. And, uh, yeah, and Fortuna, and w- your background is from film. You were telling me from Hong Kong, right? Uh, yes. Uh, so... My parents were in the film industry, so my dad was a producer, film producer, and then a director. My mom was an actress, you know. <laughs> so I love it. Yeah. So the reason we went, we moved to Rome, was because my father uh, studied film and music in Rome, Italy. That was, you know, the days in the fifties, I guess, the Fellini period. That's the way, the, the place to go. So then after many years, it's like, okay, he worked in Hong Kong, he started teaching, and then it's like, it's time to go, you know, uh, <laughs> and leave Hong Kong. And then so that's when we left and yes. went to Italy, yeah. Wow, that is so wild and yeah. so international and so uh, creative. And you both come from these creative families and kind of, you know, when, you, when your parents are doing that type of thing, you're kind of exposed the hustle, so to speak, like making something out of nothing. That's something I love to talk about on the Cannabis Coffee Hour, is creating something from nothing. And it's very subtle, and you don't get it unless you're kind of, you guys saw it, you mm-hmm. know, kind of from an early age and understood right. it. Um, Agreed. I think it's just a fascinating that you guys came together, and then when did you decide to put a venue together? Uh, so. You know, I think we were both kind of wandering the earth, <laughs> doing things. Oh, I know and, it. And, and uh, I was on tour in Japan, and for some reason, before I, I arrived there, we had 
sort of reconnected on Facebook, I think, uh, after like 24 years or so. And then I kind of suggested that we meet up. She was going to be in Tokyo. I was in Tokyo. And I was on tour with Whitney Houston at the time. It was her last major tour. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, and she was there skiing or something. Yeah. Who yeah. skis? I don't even know who skis. He's like, anyway. <laughs> I so, love skiing, Fortuna. There you go. So yeah, you yeah. went to ski. Where was it? Where was the... Tokyo. Where, Tokyo. They're skiing yeah. in Tokyo? Near Tokyo. Oh, cool. they just did the, uh, I think, Winter Olympics around then or before or after. Mm. I, can't I have seen yeah. cool snowboard footage from Tokyo. I know they had. there's a whole yeah. culture there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, then we, we, we connected there. Cool. We, you know, you know kind of started talking about what the heck are you doing, what I was doing, you know, and so forth and so on. Then at some point she decided to come visit in New York. And I think on the first or second visit is when we started making some kind of plans or ideas about, okay, what's, what now, you know? And I think one thing that was sort of the impetus of the, sh of the venue itself, I had done a show at a place called Littlefield, which is not too far from here. Yep, I played it a few times. Yeah. yeah. And uh, their, their old location, which was on Sackett at the time. Yep, I played that joint right? too, yep. So then I, I set up a show, I, rented out the room to record like kind of what we're doing here, record something and, and bring in a, in a band. I, you know, anyway, we did that. I she was part it. of that. Um, then we recorded that and simultaneously within, I think a few weeks or something, I decided to release a recording. And then once I released that recording, which normally I would at the time, we're talking thir 12, 13 years ago, right? Yeah. Or more, 13, 13 years or something. Right. Right? Yeah. So then I released this record, and normally what I was doing before, I would sell CDs. It was still CDs were still a thing. Yeah. Hard copy, nice, Prior no cash. To, yeah. So I would package them, I would sign them, I would get a check. Oh, nice. Or a PayPal order, and I'd run it through my small company, and I'd sell these things out and ship them out every week. It was a little family business. It was really fun, actually. Awesome. But this particular release, nothing sold, nothing moved. And I'm like, wait, what happened here? And then we went to do a little check online, and everything had been, this, the whole record had been uploaded to, at the time, I think it was Napster, one of those. Yeah, like BitTorrent. And we saw tens of thousands of downloads, but no one was purchasing it anymore. Oh. So that kind of struck a really t deep moment, I think, for all of us, because remember we, we, the hustle part, right? Yes, the hustle. And, and yeah. making something from nothing. We're in this moment where she's seeing this, she's experiencing someone that's, you know, in the arts field, doing their work, working their asses off to get to a final result, which was this beautiful little gem of a CD. Yes. And, and the value of it dropped to nothing, not because of what our intrinsic value is and what we put into these things and how important they are to us, but because the system just collapsed that made no sense for it to work anymore and people just wanted stuff for free. And you know we're still seeing the repercussions of all that kind of movement. But I think in, in, in seeing that, that one moment, it kind of struck all of our nerves because she's probably started thinking about her dad and her mom and the things that we had to do. And I started thinking about my father and then my mother and all the things that they had to go through to get to the resources that they needed to keep their families moving. And then it started hitting us. I have some kids and we're like, man, this can't, we got to find some other solution. So I think one thing we started thinking is, how about a school or a place where music can be presented and we'll be in charge of that whole thing and let's create, you know, we'll create the environment, we'll create the cash flow. We shouldn't be relying on systems that we just have no control over. Yes. So we did the best we could to think this thing up and I think the idea came down to, well, let's have a place, a center where things can occur and I think that ended up being, you know, the, the cool thing about Fortuna, she's really into the whole idea of real estate and property and renting and buying and selling and all that stuff and looking at those, at, at the world and those, from that, the, from the, those lenses. And of course, I come from a very deep musical community, not just my dad, but what I managed to kind of accrue over my lifetime. It's very extensive. Yes. So between what she was bringing and what I was bringing and putting them together into one place, a home, it was explosive, Rob. 
Yeah. Okay. And the fact that we have a new version of this now, it's even more explosive. I agree. I, over the last month, you have no idea what happened, man. It's just gone insane. I know. I can't get, get in here. <laughs> I, I come by to come see you guys. Uh, Hiram, who's working the cameras, who does film, is deep in music, deep in jazz, hit yeah. me to this place and told me about you guys. And I was like, man, I'm looking for a creative space mm. where I can just experiment and bring comedians and musicians and artists all to that. talk this all out in real time. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, it, I, you guys put together business and music. And yeah, I hate to say about show business, but I'm in the same gig. At the end of the day, it is a business. Yeah. But you've set this up as a nonprofit, and mm -hmm. I do see young musicians hanging out. I just want to give you guys a shout out. I came to a free jam session. Yeah. They had a free off jam session. So we had uh, Matt Garrison, who's probably one of the best bassists in the world. <laughs> and they had a horn player. They had a violinist. They had a young, like 13-year-old guy on an electric guitar. Then they had two elderly tap dancers and a French horn dude all coming in and coming. This was all free. If you ever hear about the free jam, come here, smoke a fat joint outside <laughs> and roll in and you will see one of the trippiest shows. It totally remind me of the Lower East Side back in the 90s yeah. when I first started going to comedy shows and I came from, you know, D.C., downtown D.C. and then a small town in the Appalachian Mountains. So I remember coming to New York and just getting my mind blown. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. these were like the real freaks. Oh, yeah, these yeah, were yeah, like yeah. the dudes hanging out with Lou Reed. These were the dudes yeah. writing poetry and bass lines yeah, for yeah, yeah. years down there. Yep. And that vibe, I remember just being in love with it. But it's gone. It's been it's been dissipating. Yeah, it's been dissipating. And what you guys are bringing that vibe back. But it's not as, you guys, it's all very clean and elevated, which is also something I dig. And yeah. also something I dig about jazz mm. is removing the ego. Yeah. And that's what I, I know you, uh, Matt kind of got on me for calling the place a jazz venue because <laughs> he doesn't want to get pigeonholed. He shouldn't be. He was playing yeah. me some of his beats. He's on yeah. some other astronomical <laughs> uh, plane. But uh yeah, it, it, with jazz, I do know being around Hollywood, being around show business, it's yeah. just so much ego. And what's happening now, there's so much ego in politics oh and all this stuff that uh, that's what I do like about jazz. Yeah. That, yeah. that the big cats in jazz remove the, it's all going towards the music, which Definitely. I find heavy. I agree. Yeah, this is, I totally, absolutely agree to it too. It's, this is a place where it's so authentic. Yes. That's the, the thing. Like, um, when we started looking for places, Matt grew up in like a loft, mm -hmm. basically, and saw like musicians, dancers, artists coming through. Same for me, like all these movie people just coming through, have dinner at home, and then they just talk about just ca even casually. And it's then like a small idea and turns into something big, award-winning stuff, but it's very authentic. So this is, you know, what you were saying about yeah. the, the free jam. The free jam. Yeah, the free jam. I'll tell you, you were even, you were here on the slowest day we yeah. actually have had seen. Cause the, 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 That's the, what the, made the, it even better for me. That's but, what made it even better for but me. But the day after, like the, the next one, I think we had to do it upstairs because there was something happening down here. It was fucking packed. It was, but but I'm sure. But packed in a in in a very again respectful, remove the ego because what we do is for these jam sessions. What we tend to do is we talk about it beforehand and kind of get people ready for this. Listen, you're not here to show show us your best, the the best stuff you've been working on. Although that's very much welcome because you do practice for a reason. You might as yeah. well try it somewhere. It's nice to go into outer space yeah. and come back. Yeah. yeah, so so please bring your practicing self to it, but also make sure that when you're here, be aware that other people are working with you, you know, and they may be on a different sort of headspace. They probably don't want to hear scales. They want to hear you play a little bit more music or at the very least acknowledge them musically, which there's ways to do that. Musically, like in a conversation, there's ways to take a breath and wait for someone to finish their statement and then you can have a debate back and forth, something interesting, a dialogue, right? So I try to encourage people when they come here, exactly what you said, step out of that me, me, me thing and let's step into we, we, we. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's this 
energy that uh, it is ongoing, and it's so hard to listen. And yeah. the older I've gotten, I've learned in doing this podcast, if you mm. see earlier episodes, I'm stepping over everybody. And so give me a look if I do. I, I'm just a kid that should have been on real and but wasn't. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I do know that music is a conversation and mm. it's about listening and it's almost creating something magical in the moment that cannot be monetized. That's what I loved about the Grateful Dead and uh, just the improv improvisation in mm -hmm. the moment. And yeah. coming from comedy, yeah, I totally get it. Yeah, yeah. you don't want to come in here and try to rock it down. You kind of want to listen to the tap dancers. You want to listen to the dude on the guitar. There yeah. was a violinist, and yep. what's her vibe? And yep. how can I fit in there mm. into this piece? Yeah, it all works, man. It all, in fact, we're waiting for you to show up, too, with your beat. Your, yeah, your I got my machine. rolling beat machine over there. <laughs> Wait till I plug Seriously, it in. Man. I'll give you a good 808. I'm telling you, man, there could be something also... I don't know. We should just try something totally like what the hell could happen. Yeah. I'm actually kind of like, who cares, right? As long as we're 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 having that dialogue thing. I I, I mean, I'm open to anything that may occur, except for let's no flames and you know. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, oh no yeah. <laughs> Performance, yeah, 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 yeah. Just keep the ego out. It no fire, no, no explosion. No Don't smoke cannabis in here. They're trying to open, keep the place open. Don't yeah. get butt naked. Yeah. Uh, just try to keep it classy. Or at least warn us before getting butt naked so we all know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And how you're going to use that musically. <laughs> if you can make your cheeks clap or, you know, whatever you got to do, you know, yeah. make sure there's a good tone to it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we say that because, in fact, you know, all of those instances have occurred without I'm us sure. being aware of what was going to happen. So we always try to, you know, our, our, like our initial sort of agreement with artists used to be like two pages. And after we kept seeing like flames and nudeness and you know this and that, we're like, we might have to change this a little bit. <laughs> we have to yeah. keep adding one more point, one more point, because people are nuts. They now are. The, the thing about that, the people are nuts part, is actually I encourage that. I want that. I want what what you know what are we doing here otherwise, right? Everything's still square and everything. No, no, this is not what this place is about. It's called shapeshifter, and then the the other word is lab. All right, so this is a place for experimentation. This is very important. Obviously, there's some parameters that we have to be aware of. Yeah, yeah. And, and those, ti those tend to bounce up or hit up against New York State law and, you know, local edicts and whatnot that we have to really stay in compliance. Compliance, I know the word compliance. Some people really get on our shit for saying the word compliance. But, you know, unfortunately... Those people that tend to complain about us doing one thing versus another that has been that needs to have a legal component. I dare you to run a place like this for even one day. You're going to have a heart attack. Yes. Because the amount of things that you have to watch after in every instance is just mind boggling. And we try to brush it off now. But unfortunately, people do have to respect what we're telling them because or else the whole place is a shit show. And we can't do that. We have to keep it yeah. running. This is like my St. Neutral. I'm like working at the bar the verse, and the sound engine doing stuff, my signal is when they look at me like. <laughs> yeah, you got to give them, we're going in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah look after everything. Navy SEALs time, yeah. <laughs> uh, and what is nice about this space is that the lighting, I mean, the reason I, I got to do the podcast here, and it doesn't go over my head, how they have professional, some of the best lighting, some of the best sound, the stage is immaculate, the system is clean and mean, they actually have a, a piano from John Coltrane's family here, and then they have a, a coffee section and a bar. It's at, it's some of the most simple, but everything I want in a venue, you guys are doing it and doing it well, and then you're throwing yoga classes up top uh, on the second floor. Uh, I'm just excited to see the blossom uh, that's gonna happen, creative blossom. There's a fly. I know, I did see that fly, fly out of here. but uh, I can catch him. <laughs> I'll do Obama real quick <laughs> and catch this fly. I've got two drumsticks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, no, I mean, we, we try. We try. We, we really try you're to. You're doing it. We try to, f like, follow what folks want, you know. But, you know, not in a way that we're catering fully, but 
we also want to like you know say, hey this is what we're up up to this is what we want to do what would you like in addition not we're not taking away from what we want to put on the table just to cater to the audience because then then it's just i think it's not the right message or the right thing i agree the marketing yeah yeah just a straight up uh, marketing like this is this type of music yeah. and this is for this type of people and this is where we're going. Yeah. And everybody, the younger people don't have an affinity like I had on the other, you know, back when we were young, you either was a punk rock kid yeah. or you're a hippie. And it was so much of your identity. But now I think the playing field has just gone That's flat. Yeah. yeah. And it's more about who you are as an individual and what you want to do in that moment, whether Agreed. you want to do a hip hop song or whether you want to do a jazz song, whether yeah. you want to do a hardcore song, yeah. you know, it's kind of the universe is really, I mean, we're going through so much hard times right now, but yeah. at the same time, there is a consciousness within creativity that seems to be opening up. Agreed. Um, you know, and, and, and we want to be part of that, right? This is, kind you of are a part of that, so the, you know, and that's, that was sort of my, my thing to you about the, the word jazz, not, listen, let me be clear. Yeah. Whatever we want to define as the art form of jazz, improvised forms of music, um, like outer boundary stretching, searching for things and sort of, again, removing the ego, however you want to define that. Black music, uh, black American music, there's, you know, there's a big conversation about that. There's, uh, obviously there's European and African influences in making sure that this music is having its thing. And of course, it's taken on a whole new dimension because it's now spread across the world. So anybody that's whatever country you're in, that you're playing a, an improvised form of music that sort of correlates to what we consider jazz, it has a new texture now. And that's fine. Why shouldn't it? You know, so my, 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 my thing about the word jazz is not to diminish it or take away from it. It is vital. It is so important to what we do. This is where we, I come from in particular. So I wouldn't even be a musician had it weren't been uh, had it not been for uh, jazz. Jazz, okay. Jack. But what I've learned in my life, as playing music, over maybe thirty-five years now, almost forty years of being a musician. Um, I'm fifty-four. I'm old. I'm seventy-two, man. I'm right there, <laughs> man. I'm, I'm Gen X to the core. Of course, yeah. we met when I was fifteen and and she was fourteen or so. Having but good coffees in Italy. Yeah. yeah, somehow she's main 22 or 23. I don't know how that works, but time travel, we managed. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, together great. <laughs> so, you are. No, but what I want to say about this right, right. is I've learned that as I'm playing music, whoever I'm playing with, whether it's in one genre or another or another or another or another, I keep seeing the same people. So let's say I'm playing in a big pop thing, right? Right. I keep seeing my jazz cats show up on the stages, right? Then I go to a, you know, a classical that's, com you know, or contemporary classical that's trying to mesh this, that, and the other, and I keep seeing my same dudes again and gals again, you know? And then I go into, like, drum and bass, and, and there's a whole world of electronic music, and then I start talking with those guys, and some of the samples they're using still come back to our people again yeah. in the jazz fields, and then I go, you know, then I go to R&B and then I go to the to, to the to the rap or hip hop and the same folks keep showing up over and over again. So what's being told to the audiences is a bunch of baloney. OK, because music is music. Yeah. Now, when 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 it needs to be sectioned off to be sold, that's another story. OK, that's really a different conversation to be had. But behind the scenes you're having a lot of the same people contributing to each different genre because they all understand that it is music, okay? It's not hip-hop, it's not jazz, it's not funk. It's actually the same people behind the scenes are working together. But that's what's cool about Herbie Hancock. I think he was on that very early on. He was dealing with synthesizers and beat machines. Would you label Herbie Hancock a jazz musician? Okay, but before he, he came was, from jazz, before he did that, yeah. at 11 years old, he was playing with the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. Classical. Yes. Classical. You so see what trained, I'm saying? Yeah, I was trained to classical. So, yeah. you, know, you know what I mean? Like this is the, He's a great example of exactly what we're saying. He will travel in any direction, and anyone from that generation, honestly, will travel in, in any one of these directions that we're talking about. 
and and what because what, the ear they not hit, only here's the important part about what we define jazz those people from herbie's generation or or coltrane or miles they created that sound yeah you see what i mean like that this do. is really important they created it therefore once it's crystallized and put it into an ed educational system that's just a version that you're listening to you can't there's no way to put what the, the the full history of this music that has started you know in the early 1900s essentially it's like a diamond it, you yeah. can't you yeah, cannot yeah, yeah. crystallize it and put it into one educational format you of course it works but it, it the picture is so wide at, that's only one little component and segment so that's what i'm saying they created it so when they create music that we all think of as jazz or funk or R&B, or it actually is all of those things in one beautiful continuum that just changes depending on what can be sold versus what can't be sold, yeah. or what people are interested in, essentially. I can go through, the, just to relate in, as a stand-up, because mm. stand-up comics, it's like one of the oldest art forms, mm. and it comes from the Boy Chabelle, and then it comes from Richard Pryor, it comes from the strip clubs, it comes from the from the jazz clubs of the mm, 30s and yeah. 50s and MCs. But then when you when I get older and I go to sets, I'm like, oh, I used to do open mics with that director. Or yeah. I know this actor from this. It's kind of a, a core discipline. And it does take forever to get good. You have to be a psycho for like five years and have no friends and no family and just <laughs> go out every night and bomb and, mm -hmm. and deal with this stuff. But that that diamond goes on to making, you know, a Judd Apatow or, you know, some of the best writers and directors and, mm. you know, it just, it, I guess once you look, and that's something that I got excited about is, is when I made the decision to go hardcore creative is, mm. uh, yeah, making something out of nothing and yeah. learning how to do that. And you can get all, and that's the only thing that's scary about jazz, that sometimes it gets too academic and almost yeah. too overwhelming and like I don't, and that was the thing with classical music that I was like it's just too technical it's too it's too big yeah so it almost gets intimidating that the novice can't have fun with it yeah. anymore yeah, and I, I think what you're creating is like yo let's have fun yeah let's get weird I want some tap dancers I want let me see tell me about yeah let's get fun let's get show me some uh some of the rhythms and stuff tones that you were playing you were doing it earlier during sound check here's here's a classic thing where you could think of let me is that going through there oh there it is so let's say we're talking about I don't know. I, I'll just put a simple beat here. Oh, yeah. And again. Three times. <laughs> One more. So let's say we're... Let's say we're in a... So let's say that's like a, we're in one key, we're in the key of C, and we're having some fun with it. Maybe I'll put a little drone. And you can play like a minor or a blues scale and have some. So, oh, I love how you say, bended that like a guitar. That was so let's sick. Let's say that we we get together with some musicians. Like, okay, let's play. Let's choose a key. We have the C as a, uh, as our little tonal center, and then we start saying, okay, let's play a blues scale on top, and then uh, you know, let's also play a little bit of a minor thing, and so that's where it, it starts, right? You start playing, and then maybe after a month, you're playing with your 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 people, and all of a sudden, it's like, well, we've been playing in C for a while. Can we add another chord somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of feel like this is, in some ways, this is the development of more complex art forms, because you start saying, well, this is great, but can we try one more thing? And then somebody else says, well, why, can we add one more thing over here, too? And then, uh, why don't we put one more? And it just keeps getting a little bit wider, and then a song is formulated. 
So one case could be where love it. This is where jazz starts coming in. It says, "Listen, we have. Uh, I'll give you a very sort of abstract one first, and then I'll maybe revert back to something which is more of a song, which we tend to call standards. Mm -hmm. uh, and and um, you know, let's try that. So I'll do a more abstract thing first. So we'll just do that same thing again, and then I'll put that little. So instead of just playing." which is basically just two scales. I played a, uh, uh, basically a, a blue scale and a Dorian. A Dorian is this. Oops. Blues. Right? But this is where people like Coltrane step in. So they're saying, I think I got baptized right there, man. Well, that was they, great. Isn't it, so you, they're saying, and this is part of our conversation here, man, because this gets, it, this, this is in, in so many ways, music reflects almost everything we're talking about. Business, things, uh, the, the growing, growing yeah. uh, communicating, uh, all of it. All, sometimes it's just in these notes that we, that we play. But Coltrane and, and us, crew of other musicians really said, well, why don't we just take a step away from the, the norm? Let's step out of the standard format. Now I'll let you hear the standard format real quick. I'll play something called Solar, which actually Miles wrote. That's the foundation, right? So that's that's more complicated. I love it. Actually, the other one that I played before is even more complicated because you're starting to exit a framework and you're really starting to explore and travel and try to do some really interesting things beyond what chord progressions do. But there's a technical component to that thing that I just did, which actually is, is it's not easy to do. It takes, like what you said, years, five years. It takes a long time to connect every scale and every little note. So that's intimidating to some people. They don't want to waste time with that shit. Yeah. They just want to hear that first thing we did, which is. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. That's There's okay. nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But if you have an adventurous spirit and you want to take that plunge into the dark depths of. No, I get it. <laughs> to the unknown, into the mystery. Onto the unknown. And I'll tell you, you can also do that in, in classical contemporary music because you can really, it's more from a compositional aspect, but also they're starting to get further and further in, into improvised forms, which is beautiful. We see that very frequently here, and we actually encourage that. But, um, uh, you know, if you really want to get into a jazz thing, it takes years, it takes practice, yeah. it takes focus, it takes, you know, and, and I actually really respect and admire that but not to a point of snobbishness. I don't like that part of it. Yeah, you same, know, same. It's you know, in stand-up, too. Yeah, yeah they, they yeah. won't talk to any improv. Nah. Or like, you can't look down on anybody, Why? and you can't judge anybody. With your art, you just have to go deeper and deeper and deeper. And if somebody's going deep, you got to respect it, Amen. or going out. I'll show one last thing, so because I know you're going to be running out of yeah, time. Yeah. We're, We're probably already out of time. No, no, we're good. We're good. We're right Two at about minutes. 34 minutes. I said 45 minutes or so. Okay. Yeah. Let me just, 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 just to add a little bit more texture, because the reason I, wanna sh I wanted to show some of this is because, again, if you ask me, like, okay, let me give you an example of what I think jazz would be, but somebody else may dispute that. I was playing this for you earlier, Rob. Yes. So now...
This I haven't even released this yet, but I'm gonna, right? Gonna that sounds there. wild. If I played that for any, like, you know, focused jazz. Jazz head, super. They're probably going to kick me out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> okay? But I'll add one more part to that. So this is what I'll add. I didn't even smoke weed for this episode, and I feel like I am beyond high hearing that right now. I loved it. I know exactly what you're doing. Well, not exactly, but I, 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 I could feel it. So here's what I'm trying to say with all this junk. And, and by the way, I don't need any of this. I'll just play a bass if I need to. But I'm trying to get further. And where can we try? Where can we experiment? What can we... What can we do to keep advancing what the music does? And how can we, actually, I, I'm really interested in the technological side of it because, I mean, we're just talking about a stereo signal right now. There's all these cables plugged in. People don't see all this amazing technology that's happening right now. But we do surround sound presentations in here. We do projections that kind of go with that stuff. If I had the resources to really do things the way I wanted to, there would be a rocket ship taken off from the top of this roof. <laughs> and it would be powered by cannabis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. We can do that. I, I, I know a guy. <laughs> Here's a funny thing. I don't even smoke, really. Cool. But, but I, you know, I, the, 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 forget it. I mean, Jazz has always been respectful it, to cannabis. Yes, Mez, Mesmero, you know, it goes all the way back to the first jazz heads. And what I use cannabis for is because I ran, you know, hard with stand-up comedy. You know, mm. I toured with Tracy Moore. I've been... You know, but it is a night gig. It's nightclubs. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. there's booze, there's coke, yeah, there's yeah, all yeah, this yeah, stuff. Yeah. And cannabis was my way of taking one step to the side. Yeah. And like, I'm not messing with that stuff. I got my coffee and weed and I'm going to do that. And I'm going ri to ride that till it's like <laughs> Willie Nelson. Snoop Dogg, Willie Nelson to the grave. I don't know. I still, you know, I still got some years. Who knows? We all <laughs> shave shift. Yes. Wow. But, you know, look, everyone has had an interaction with weed. Um, totally. Uh, you, you know, it should I'm have so, been legal a long time yeah, ago. I, it, I, yeah, I agree. We, we had so many problems actually at our old location because it still wasn't acceptable. Yeah. And, and, and you know, look, we understand people just want to have their little moment of getting a little buzz before or after they perform or whatever it is. And, and uh, who am I? To, I don't care. Fine, please do it. But yeah. just don't do it in the building because it was an issue for us, uh, us at the last space and even more so because of the because it wasn't fully accepted yet at the yeah. time. No, I agree. So, respecting the plant. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, I mean, so many of our family members, and, and, and some people actually need it for chronic pain and... and, and um, Anxiety so it, yeah, and uh, it's all, MS. It go, it, hey, man. You yeah. know. I think we're all going back to nature, yeah. and I think creativity is pointing us there. Yeah. And uh, stuff that, I mean, the Rastafarian moment, they say, is a uh, movement. They say it's healing of the cannabis is healing of the nations, mm. not the nation, the yeah. nations. Yeah. So, you know, I as I grow older, I see people, I, you know, I've seen, you know, family members pass from old age and how much pain, you yeah. know, in the 70s yeah, and terrible. 80s and how much opioids took over in the last 20 years. Horrible where, you know, we have the answers, you know, and I say that as a creative person, yeah. when I stress out about bills or making things, and in the back of my head, there's something like, the answers are right here, they're right in front of you, Rob, just slow down a little bit, yeah. 
you guys, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up, but I need yeah. to ask two cheesy questions. Yes, but they're also cool. And in one of the things that opened my mind to meditation was I was a big Bruce Lee head. That was I went through a big Bruce Lee phase. She told me about it. But being water, you know, all these uh, Lao Tzu type of concepts that I, you know, for a 19 year old mind to absorb because I liked I thought he was cool. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I started getting some of the spiritual stuff that's really helped me. Yeah. Can you tell me? I mean, you have a connection to Bruce Lee and his filmmaking, right? It, it was more my mother who was, you know. I love it. Yeah. She, I was saying she was uh, uh, used to be an actress. Yes. So it was that connection where they were in the same company. They were working in the same environment. But actually what I wanted to say is that connection where she, it was just hanging out where that there was no ego. And mm. um, they were, the, the moment is just like, oh, we were just at my, my mom was playing mahjong. And Bruce Lee was hanging out, you know, kicking balls and stuff, and they would just hang out, and that was like a really authentic moment of how th how that grew into something bigger, you know. Mm. I think. A group of friends that were yeah. artists, right. that were yeah. writers, that yeah. were filmmakers, that had dreams in their mind yeah. and had to physically. And as we get older, you know, I've had to meditate and stretch, and you guys do this upstairs. And as a creative person, it's a long game. Everybody's like, yo, you're going to be blow up in two yeah. years. Yeah, you could, but you probably will end up dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you got to take care of yourself and take care of. But I also wanted to say you're right about the hang and the subtle love. And one of my favorite, give it up to Brooklyn, uh, Biggie songs, Party and Bullshit. And there's nothing better than just sitting around with your friends and bullshitting. <laughs> and that's what this podcast wanted. I hope it wasn't too much bullshit because you two guys no, are so man, heavy. Great. But you, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, great. And my quick one with you, Matt. Yeah. Thank you, Fortuna. Uh, did you want to express anything more? I didn't want it to be disrespectful. I mean, the, the, the last thing I would like to say is like the, that combination of like also my father, who was a teacher yes. in terms of like in the art and film, especially in, in I guess your world in a way. He also taught um, comedians, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So they came from the same school and then they expanded into, you know, different different worlds. It's just amazing how the one word he stressed was creativity and just be free and boundless. The the the. Wong Kar Wai was his um, film student, and he mentored him all the way from his first film. That's I, I don't want to like brag about it all the time, but it's just so. It impressive. should be documented. I find you too fascinating, yeah, and I want it yeah. documented. Yeah, it was from just one graduation thirty-second film about thirty. I can't remember how long, but just one woman in a chipao walking up the stairs, and that was a film like graduation film, and that uh -huh. took off. From there. Oh really? Yeah. Wow, just great. from a simple concept. Yeah, yeah exactly. Cool. Just create and create. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah I, it's something just not to get deep. And Matt, I'm going to hit you with one quick question, and then yeah. we'll close it out. Yep. But I do want to just talk about, like, as I get old, we're all around the same age. Is like to be a creative person, you have to build up this ego. Like, I'm the man. I could do this. I put this hour in. Let me do it. Let me get on. Get the shine. Let's go. Let's go. But as I've gotten older. I'm more about removing the ego, removing because mm. I've built up enough m muscle memory that I know how to do it. I'm just trying to let yeah. kind of the universe take off. Yeah. And I just wanted to say, I think Shapeshifter, the universe is going to take you guys off. Yeah. But uh, SNL, I just you know we got comedy nerds on this thing. Yeah. Uh, so you played with the SNL band. I looked at yeah. your Wikipedia. What was that gig all about? And that how did it was, come around? This it was well. Again, here's the other thing. Most of the the folks that tend to play here. They're all part of that band still, currently. So, so you know what I mean? Like it's, there's, there's, and those there's, are some of the best players in New York, would yeah, you say? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and um, that one came about because I used to play at a place called Sweet Basil back in the day. And there was the Gil Evans Orchestra that would play there every week. And it's, the Gil Evans Orchestra at the time was essentially the Saturday Night Live band. Wow. Essentially. You know, a lot of folks that were in there were on that, you know. And again, most people don't know that stuff. Yeah. But the people that are hanging out late at night playing music in the music venues make their way back to the TV shows. That's the corporate gig, and then you got yes. your then you yes. got your arty gig back in Brooklyn. Yeah, people yeah. don't know that stuff. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just by natural, just being hanging out with that crew, eventually I was invited to play with the with the band, and I my I wasn't on the TV show. Actually, I was slated to be on. 
That's all right. I was slated, I was slated to be on the TV show. Uh, but actually, I did. Uh, I went to play with the band on the, yeah, damn fly, still here. <laughs> on the 200th anniversary of the Library of Congress. Oh, wow. And uh, it was fun. It was, it was a whole hang. And, you know, Colin Powell was there. I think Hillary Clinton, just a whole bunch of, uh, whatever. It was just Went down to D.C., things. yeah. And they, they rolled out DC. the red carpet for the Super yeah. Saturn Live band. And you got, no, that was a big deal. But here's, here's what I screwed up with the, with the screw. It happened. I was, so we had done that gig. And I think we came back to the city. Uh, and then the, I, it was either the next day or the, very, the day after that. I get a call. This is way before iPhones and this stuff. Yeah. Computer, you know. And and, and uh and they I got a phone call at like five in the morning. I'm like, listen, you know, there's a certain ring that my family members know they were supposed to make if it was a serious emergency, then I would pick up. But this one was just a regular old, so I just let it go to tape machine at the time and went back to sleep. It was Saturday night live calling to do a taping at the last minute. And I just never picked up the phone, man. <laughs> and checked the thing at like 12 p.m. like musicians do. Yep. But all they had to do was tell me that that would have happened and I would have been ready. But I think I blew it with the SNL project. Don't because, say that. It always comes back yeah, around. Yeah, it could. But look, again, a lot of my buddies still play in there. James Genus, I think James, the, bass, the current bass player, actually started playing right then. When what? I didn't pick that phone up, James started doing got the thing. Got that gig. Yeah, got that gig. Dude, I, I could tell you, you a million what? gigs that I almost got that would have changed it. Yeah. 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 But let me it's just part of the gig. Uh, James deserves that because he's one of the sweetest and one of the baddest bass players on planet Earth. You know, he doesn't do the thing and like all the notes and all that shit that I do. But that doesn't matter because he's a serious, solid foundation, beautiful cat. And, and and most of those musicians in there are serious. They're serious musicians, and people should know that. You yeah. know that they they really know their art form. Yeah, I always loved late night bands, and I always loved SNL bands, and I know G Smith, and I know they would just get the best New York cats. And that's the thing about yeah. New York artists is like, yeah. oh, you want the best New York comedians? Well, yep. we got the very best. You want the best uh, actors? The yeah. best actors are all here. Yeah. You know, they're all that New York vibe. And who who calls them out? It's not the agents and the managers. No. Yeah. It's a musician. You say, hey, who, who, who should be playing drums on here? Oh, call, you know, X, Y, Z. Because we all know each other. And that's another important component of something like this. I'll tell you one last thing. What happens here? Presented through our nonprofit organization, Shapeshifter Plus. <laughs> yes. What happens here, even during those jam sessions or at the end of shows, for example, last night, there was a group of main, it was very, very intimate jazz, very specifically jazz this time. Okay, so you wanted that one. <laughs> and, and the music was beautiful. Everybody's playing their butts off. It was a beautiful sort of uh, uh, landscape of women and men and different colors. It was just gorgeous. It was a gorgeous set of two, two shows. Uh, and everybody's playing their asses off. All genders, playing their fucking asses off. It was great. But what was even more vital was what was happening at the end of the show. They're hanging, they're talking, they're formulating, they're creating the next, oh, let's meet, let's do this, let's rehearse, let's come back here, let's do that. If you don't have that, you don't have a scene. You dig? Because to me, that is even more vital. And you know how this happens with I the, do, the I comedy do. I field. Too. Yep. It's the behind the scenes, the hangout. What Fortuna was just saying, Bruce Lee and her mom just yeah. chilling, hanging. That's it. That's where the shit is really born. Oh, yeah. And number you one know? lesson, don't be a dick. Because it, <laughs> it gets around. It gets, if you're a man, nobody wants to work with you, you know, after so many years. Yeah. And the gigs that I've gotten, how I, you know, opened for Tracy Morgan was Mark Theobald was my good friend and wrote yeah. for Tracy and yeah. he knew I was solid. And then I knew, you know, so, yeah, it wasn't an agent or a man. Yeah. It's just it's literally relationships. Yes. And that's what's good about that. And that was a gym for young creatives. Go to whatever scene, whether it's a poetry slam or a music jam or an open mic. Hang out for 10 minutes afterwards, because. I did go through a phase where I was all business, where I would just go in, do my thing, I'm gonna get out. Yeah. And but it, the was, hang it, part. it the hang, all my best gigs and all how I met Hiram is like hanging out and friends. How I've met, you know, it, it really yeah. is the love. Oh yeah, yeah. And with that, 
You want to sign off? You can sign off. You guys want to plug anything? I, I didn't talk about your booking. You guys are booking jazz, country, gospel. What else? You guys Everything. are going to electronic. I saw Theater. Beat. <laughs> yeah, there was uh, Cinderella was here selling out. They yeah. had a kid Cinderella. Shapeshifter Lab. Thank you. Thank you. We thank had you. about 400, maybe 500 people in the building on Saturday or yeah. Sunday. Sunday because there was a couple of projects and it was mostly kids, man. It's incredible. The next That's generation awesome. is coming up yeah. through, through Shapeshifter Lab. And by the way, we heard that some other organizations had refused to present that. No, that's our core. We want young people in this building. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Let them, even if they can, they don't even know their stuff yet, but that's where they got to start. I want it to happen right on the stage. I want them to never forget yeah. that it happened here. And so we, this, we just went nuts. There was only three of us managing that day. We almost <laughs> so lost our brains. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. but I, I, I really like that because we work with nonprofits. I was like a, uh, a group of teachers teaching under sort of community kids. Yeah. So yeah. it was like our hearts. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant people. God bless you guys for supporting the arts and yeah, taking the profit. You know, it's business, but at the same day, I've seen venues come and go. Yeah. And if you're set up on a pure capitalist, like, let's make money, you got to sell out every night and yeah. end up booking people you don't like. These yeah. guys are free jamming, booking people they like and respect. And you're right. Yeah, get the young people to come out. If you got a ukulele, if you got a, a triangle, if you play clogs, come to the free jam. Jam sessions on Wednesdays. Yeah, we'll Wednesday. start it up again in January. With the magical Matt Garrison. Uh, thank oh, you so much. Thank you, man. Yeah, Fortuna Song, thank you. And with that, peace and love for the Cannabis Coffee Hour.